Métis man beaten by police and is caught on camera. MLSC owes a lot of money in unpaid taxes. Stellantis has won. We'll get $15 billion from governments. Canada's railways have not become safer since the Lac-Megantic disaster. And the International Nuclear Agency of the UN wants access to the Zaporizhia nuclear plant in Ukraine. Good morning. It's Thursday, July 6th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. First, we start with news from APTN's Kenneth Jackson. Jackson obtained video of Ontario Provincial Police repeatedly punching Ronnie Taylor in the head. Two other officers in the video watch. Ronnie is Métis, and the video shows him being punched more than 12 times inside of a jail cell. It happened in the community of Bracebridge, which is about a two-hour drive north of Toronto. This all happened on June 21st, 2022, which also happens to be National Indigenous Peoples Day. Jackson reports that the court records didn't mention the strikes in the cell and that Constable Scott Anthony, the violent offender here, noted that there was, quote, an exchange of empty hand blows in the cell. But there was nothing else written in his notebook. After the attack, Taylor collapsed on the floor. He was twitching and he had blacked out. No one in the 40-minute video checked on him. The videos were kept from Taylor when his lawyer asked three separate times to see the Crown's evidence against him. When he finally did get the video, the part where Anthony is beating him was removed. To get these videos, APTN needed to file its own application for a hearing to see if they could get a copy. It was released at the end of this past June. Anthony also tried to stop the video being released, and court documents suggest that the video was not shared with the Special Investigations Unit that was investigating the attack. Taylor had been in custody due to a domestic incident. The alleged victim talked with APTN, saying that they thought it was important that Taylor was going public with what he experienced from the OPP. Now, after this happened to Taylor, Anthony was charged for assault causing bodily harm. That happened in December 2022. Here's what the defense at that time argued. The victim was, quote, relentlessly and viciously assaulted both by human physical force and excessive force of police weaponry at the hands of two officers. These officers lied in their notes to the superiors, to the hospital staff trying to assist my client and eventually to the media in their news release, unquote. The weaponry was a taser. Despite having been placed on leave in 2022, Anthony still made $123,000, according to Ontario's public sector salary disclosure. Taylor struggles with normal life after the attack. He's worried that police will attack him again, and he's stopped going out in the community as a result. Next to Toronto, where Mike Smee at the CBC is reporting that MLSC is one of Toronto's largest property tax debtors. Now, if you don't know who MLSC is, that stands for Maple Leafs Sports and Entertainment. They own the Maple Leafs, the Raptors, Toronto FC, and other franchises. And, until recently, even the mayor. Uh, I mean... (laughs) MLSC owes about $1.8 million in property taxes going back to 2019. The news was made public in April when the city council published the names of all companies in arrears of more than $500,000. A lack of local news is probably why this is only coming to light now. 
MLSC claims that it does not need to pay property taxes on BMO Field. BMO Field is where the Toronto FC and the Argos play. And I got to play there once too. It's located at Exhibition Place, which is owned by the city. Because MLSC pays user fees for the field and not rent, they are arguing that they shouldn't have to pay property taxes like other groups who rent spaces at Exhibition Place, like Medieval Times. MLSC's statement is pretty great. Quote, the ultimate responsibility for the payment of realty taxes rests with the owner. And MLSC is neither the owner of the property nor a tenant, unquote. Checkmate, City of Toronto, neither an owner or a tenant. They do pay taxes for two other spaces they lease at Exhibition Place, though. The decision to charge MLSC tax comes from the Municipal Property Assessment Corporation. They reviewed renovations to BMO Field and determined that in 2018, MLSC should be paying taxes. To become tax-exempt, MPAC says that MLSC needs to file an application with the Superior Court. MLSC has not done this. Now, just to show you how much control MLSC has over Toronto officials, the CEO of Exhibition Place, Don Boyle, doesn't think that they should be taxed. Quote, they're an excellent tenant, unquote, Boyle said. I wonder if that argument would work with other tenants in the city. But don't forget, Mr. Boyle, they're not a tenant. And speaking of taxes, CTV's Michael Lee is reporting a deal has been reached between Stellantis and LG Energy Solutions and the Ontario and federal governments. Now, Lee's article buries the amount of money that's being promised for Stellantis. It's very low down in the article, but let's go through this without talking about the money first. Unifor, the union that represents Stellantis workers, and also me, was pleased with the deal. So were the government officials. Christia Freeland said that she, quote, looks forward to sharing further details with Canadians, unquote. Recall that Stellantis and LG were promised a whopping $5 billion to build an EV battery plant in southwestern Ontario, but they had a tantrum when they found out that Volkswagen was offered $13 billion to build another EV battery plant in southern Ontario. The result of that tantrum is this deal. So, how much of our money is being handed over to Stellantis? $15 billion. $15 billion. That's $5 billion from Ontario and 10 from Canada, mostly through tax breaks. $15 billion liquidated from the state just so that Canadians can have the pleasure of a factory that won't even employ more than 2,500 people. That is, for anyone who has trouble conceptualizing billions, $6 million per promised job. That's right, $6 million per job. Guys, <laughs> this is a joke. Capitalism is incredible. Next, it's been 10 years since a runaway freight train carrying liquefied petroleum exploded in downtown Lac Megantic, killing 47 people. Radio-Canada took a look to see whether or not rail safety has improved in Canada since that tragedy and has found that mostly no. It hasn't. Since 2013, the Ministry of Transportation has increased the number of annual inspections by almost half. They've slowly removed the older generation wagons that were seen as being dangerous and contributed to the carnage at Lac Megantic. Omar Al-Gabra said that they've made changes to braking and brake inspections and regulations for transporting dangerous goods have been improved. A train carrying dangerous goods has to drop to a speed of 56 kilometers an hour when going through a town with more than 10,000 people. But they don't have to do anything if the town is smaller than 10,000 people. 
critics are not so sure that things have gotten better. Both the current and former president of the Transportation Safety Board of Canada have pointed to the fact that train accidents have not come down since the accident in 2013, and there have been many derailments, spilling millions of litres of liquefied petroleum. Another problem is that trains seem to be getting longer. In Farnham, the mayor, Patrick Melchior, said that it's not abnormal to be stuck waiting 30 or 40 minutes for a train to pass. Longer trains also come with other risks. The Canadian Railway Association declined to do an interview with Radio-Canada for the piece. And finally, to Ukraine, where the International Atomic Energy Agency is calling for more access to the Zaporizhia nuclear plant in southern Ukraine. It's currently under the control of Russia. Both Russia and Ukraine have accused each other of planning to sabotage the facility. It's Europe's largest nuclear power facility. The agency hopes to have more access to the plant to, quote, confirm the absence of mines or explosives at the site. There has been limited access granted and recent inspections by the Atomic Agency. In inspecting the perimeter of the large cooling pond and other areas, they didn't find any visible signs of mines or explosives, but they want more access to help confirm allegations and counter allegations of sabotage. They're specifically looking to access the rooftops of reactor units three and four, parts of the turbine halls and parts of the cooling system. Russia has been in control of the plant since March 2022. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has said this, according to Al Jazeera, quote, Zelensky alleged on Tuesday night that Russian forces had placed objects resembling explosives on the top of several of the plant's power units to simulate an attack from the outside. Zelensky referred to the Russian attack on the Kakova Dam in the Kherson region, warning, quote, now they have also mined this nuclear plant, and that is a fact, unquote. Zelensky said this while speaking to university students and staff in Argentina. To these claims, the Russians are saying this, quote, why would we need explosives there? This is nonsense, unquote. They also claim that Ukrainian troops were planning to attack the plant, which didn't happen. Russia says that the Ukrainian government is planning, quote, sabotage that could have catastrophic consequences, unquote. Russia has shut down six of the plant's reactors since September because of shelling around the plant. Ukraine has said that Russia might trigger a deliberate nuclear leak to stop Ukraine's counteroffensive in the Zaporizhia region. Ukraine has informed the nearly 300,000 people who live in that region of evacuation plans if it were necessary and recently held an evacuation drill. Ukrainian officials have said that the plant's design was made to be able to withstand leakages. Those are your headlines for Thursday, July 6th. I'm Nora. You're listening to this through SandyNora.com on the Real News Network's podcasting feed and syndicated on some campus radio stations across Canada. I hope you have a wonderful Thursday.